It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kick him down. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, a licensed nutritionist. And this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company bringing you life-changing nutrition education and counseling. And I want to share a fun email from Shara. She said, I have to share a fun story with you and the Weight and Wellness gang. And here's her story. I was so thrilled to report that my son Milo, who just turned three years old, asked to bring deviled eggs to his preschool for his birthday treat. Deviled eggs for for his birthday treat. That sounds delicious. <laughs> and then he was so sad that his friends ate them all. Aww. You know, he didn't even consider cookies or cupcakes like his friends bring for their birthday treats. Through nutritional weight and wellness counseling and classes, I was able to put myself on a whole foods path well before he was born. And now it's all he knows. He went from breast milk to egg yolks and no cereal. Ooh, that's a change. Yes. And now he eats veggies, mixed greens, even fish with no hesitation. And I'm proud to say he doesn't have mood swings. You know those mood swings some toddlers get? You know, he doesn't have mood swings. And he's been so healthy. So no mood swings for little Milo because he's eating the good food moods. Good, or good food, mood food foods. foods. I believe that's the way yes. it goes. The good <laughs> mood foods. So eggs, meat, fish, veggies, avocados, and butter. He's not a picky eater. He's not a picky eater. It's good mood foods. So if you're struggling with low energy and down in the dumps mood, moods, stay tuned because we want to dish up some good mood foods for you. I bet that's going to be hard to say all that, the time. Yes, it is. <laughs> I have lots of help today. Joining me as our co-host, and you've heard her voice, is Brenna Thompson. Brenna is a registered and licensed dietitian. She sees clients at both our Maple Grove office and at our North Oaks location. Yes. And before coming to Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Brenna worked with many people with... What? Type 2 diabetes. And you were in what town? I was in Albany, Georgia, Georgia. for about two and a half years or so. So what was a favorite beverage? Favorite beverage was either Coke or sweet tea. And what did that do to the blood sugars? Oh, my goodness. That sweet tea just made blood sugars go up and up and up. And it was certainly not a good mood food. In fact, sugar of any sort is not a good mood food. And And I think that's an interesting thing for a lot of people because they... This is true. By a myth, they think that sugar is going to bring up their mood. Yes, and I think they find that when they eat high sugar foods, they kind of get a little sugar high. Yes. And they think they feel good, but really later on they don't. No. Nope. But here's a little trivia for you. The average person eats 66 pounds of sugar a year. That's more than a pound a week. That's a lot of sugar. That's a lot of sugar. Now, if you were to buy your sugar in the five pound bags. And some people do. And people do. Yep. You would be stacking up about 13 five-pound bags of sugar. Now, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we know that a diet high in sugar encourages not only diabetes, but also tiredness, 
learning problems, and depression. You know, you if you're listening and you may be saying to yourself, I don't eat 66 pounds of sugar each day. And honestly, we're sure you don't if you've been listening. <laughs> but there's a trick to this. Sugar is hidden in so many foods that many times we're not even aware of the sugar we are actually eating. You know, but before we talk more about sugar and hidden sugars, I want to introduce Joanne Rideout, who is a registered dietitian, and she's a licensed dietitian, and she sees clients at our Maple Grove office and also at our Wayzata office. So welcome, Joanne. You're not new to this field, though, of nutrition, are you? No, I'm not. You've actually had 25 years experience helping people nutritionally who actually had either brain injury or some physical disability. So it's great having you here today. Thank you. Yes, I worked at Courage Center for 25 years. I even developed a weight loss program for people with limited mobility and for clients with a very slow metabolism. And I bet they really, many people were on medications and... A lot of medications. And just a lot of slow metabolism. Slow metabolism and not moving very much. So was it fun working at... Yes, it was. (laughs) I really enjoyed my years working with clients at Courage Center, but sadly my position was eliminated when the ownership changed. So we are so lucky. We are so fortunate to have Joanne join us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You know, her 25 years of experience working with clients with so many special dietary and feeding needs you know, she makes you you just make a great asset to our clients. She's even helped me out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great having all this experience of working with different people. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. It feels like a very good fit. Thank you for being here, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so should we go back to talking about sugar? Yes. You are talking about hidden sugars. Did you realize that strawberry Yoplait yogurt has six and a half teaspoons of sugar or three Chips Ahoy cookies? has 29 t- teaspoons of sugar. That is shocking. That's that is. huge. Those cookies aren't even that big. No. It, it feels like the sugar is bigger than the cookie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or one little bag of Skittles has 11 and three quarters teaspoons that of sugar. That one I can believe. I can believe that. Yeah. My kids used to love those. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I gave up my soda and I drink juice. But did you know that juice, just ounce for ounce, has the same amount of sugar in it as soda? So a 16-ounce glass of orange juice has 12 teaspoons of sugar in it. Right. So and then, so a 16-ounce Coke has 16? 16 or 12 teaspoons of 12 teaspoons, okay. 12 teaspoons of sugar. Yes. Now, a 20-ounce soda, so we're getting a little bit bigger here, has 16 and a quarter teaspoons of sugar. Or a Mountain Dew has 19 and a quarter teaspoons of sugar. And just to throw in another little one here, people will think, well, I drink Gatorade in the summer. Their kids are drinking Gatorade. Well, a 32-ounce Gatorade has 13 teaspoons of sugar in it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, actually, about 36% of the sugar that people consume today comes from these liquid sources like soda, energy drinks, and sports drinks. But if we were to cut out those sodas and sports drinks and the juice and start choosing water, whether it be plain water or sparkling water, as your main beverage, you will have eliminated 36% of your hidden sugar sources. And I think a lot of our listeners are already doing that. Yes. But sometimes there's 
more hidden sugars, isn't there, Joanne? There is. It may surprise you that of the 600,000 food items for sale in the United States, 80% are laced with added sugar. Think of that. That's amazing. That's a lot. That's like saying 20% of our food sources are real. Yes. Right. (laughs) And 90% of the food produced in the United States is sold to you by 10 large companies. That's also kind of shocking. It Mm -hmm. is. That's 90%. Yes. Okay. So what are those food companies? The food companies are Coca-Cola, ConAgra, Dole, General Mills. These names sound familiar. They They sound very familiar. Hormel, Kraft, Nestle, PepsiCo, Procter & Gamble, and Unilever. Wow. I feel like Dole is the only one that sells fruits or maybe vegetables. I think maybe. Well, (laughs) I mean, you know, General Mills sells a... um, Organic fruits, I mean, they oh, do. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. All right. But again, 90% is sold by these companies. Right. So if you want to avoid sugar and include good mood foods, you know, it's really time to eat the wheat and wellness way. You know, what we, we keep saying over and over and over is eat real protein like burgers and steak and chicken and fish and turkey and real carbohydrates like broccoli, spinach, Brussels sprouts, kale, Carrots, sweet potatoes, and real fat, mm. avocados, you know, nuts, olive oil, olives, coconut oil, things that are real. And more and more people who listen to Dishing Up Nutrition or have taken the weight and wellness classes, they have switched to real foods and they are avoiding the processed box foods yes, more they are. and more. Yeah. We're on a roll. We are on a roll, but I think we're going to have to take a break here soon. But you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Now, last week's show on staying ahead of your hunger, which was an excellent show, by the way. Thank you. Dar shared (laughs) some research conducted at the University of Minnesota comparing results of weight loss surgery patients with patients receiving diet and exercise and medication and education. From 60 patients receiving weight loss surgery, 22 experienced serious side effects. 22. 22 out of of 60. 60. Yeah. Wow. Now, we received an amazing email about a man who had experienced some of these serious side effects when he had gastric bypass surgery. So let me read part of this email to you. Now, in regards to your show on June 8th, my brother who had this weight loss surgery as a way to solve his obesity. Now, he was not required to go through with any therapy pre-surgery in order to find out why he overeats, which is actually typical. Um, People who have gastric bypass surgery are supposed to have some nutrition therapy, Mm -hmm. but this gentleman did not. But within a couple of years post-surgery, he ended up being identified as an alcoholic. He was not an alcoholic before his surgery. So he was not, he didn't have a drinking problem before. No drinking problem before, but afterwards he became an alcoholic. At a very large treatment center he was first admitted to, the nurse told his family that 25% of their patients had had weight loss surgery. So that's a big percentage, isn't it? That's a huge percentage. Now, this surgery is not a fix. Many patients go on to have other addiction issues like alcoholism. It has been eight years since the surgery and six years since he was first identified as an alcoholic. He is still battling the alcoholism and has regained all of his weight. 
He is addicted to the sugar in the most unhealthy ways I've ever seen in a person. He has lost his family and jobs. He has been in and out of jail. These are the adverse effects that I believe researchers are alluding to, but I blame the doctors in this field who do not care about the long-term prognosis of their patients, but rather their own incomes. The bottom line, this does not seem... The bottom line is not the patient, it's their their money. And this is what this was from an email. This was from a client that or from a listener that mm-hmm. listens to our radio show. Yes. Now if you've got questions about healthy moods or anything to do with nutrition, give us a call today at 651-641-1071. If you changed your nutrition, could it change your life? What if I told you that you could change your life just by learning the secrets of balanced eating? Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how. They will do an individual consultation for you, your husband, or your children. They will create an eating plan that fits your lifestyle. Whether you're experiencing migraines or sleeplessness, depression, digestive problems, fatigue, anxiety, or need help with weight loss, nutrition can change all of that. More than 90% of all health conditions can be traced back to nutritional issues. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation at an office near you. That's weightandwellness.com. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation. That's weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Vision Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist. I'm here with Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian, and jo- Joanne Rideout, registered and licensed dietitian. And as Joanne mentioned earlier in the show, she worked as a dietitian at Courage Center for 25 years. You know, Courage Center is known for treating people with dramatic brain injury. In fact, 1.7 million Americans suffer every year from traumatic brain injury, which is amazing. So what is one possible nutrient that has been found to help? Omega-3 fatty acids, fish oil. Both omega-3 from fish oil or omega-3 from DHA, which is from algae, has been found to be helpful for patients. 60% of our brain are made up of these fatty acids. So it's very logical that they would help with somebody that's had a traumatic brain injury. Yes. So, yes. Brenna, we've yeah. got a few callers this we morning, We do have right? a few callers, yep. Good morning, Liz. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question for us? Yes. Uh, for Joanne Rideout, I used to go to Curry Center. I'm an elderly lady, and I, I wonder if she could help help some of us, which uh, can't move like we used to move. Uh uh, to do, uh, how do we uh, adjust our diets? And uh, walking used to be a big thing with me. I can't do that anymore because of my hips. I'm not active like I used to be. Can she help us some way? Well, I, you know, I think she can. I mean, sure. we would look at the nutritional aspects of all those things. You know, nutritionally, how do you support your joints? Right. Yes. You know, and also looking at the foods that you eat, Joanne. I mean, Yes. I mean, you could do this. and Yeah, we, we recommend at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, which would be um, good for anyone, is a balance of protein, fats, and carbs. And the carbs need to be in smaller amounts, and the c- 
carbs need to be less sugar and less starchy and more vegetables, more fruits. And I think also when you're taking a look at some, you know, if you've had an injury and you have a lot of, maybe you've been on a lot of medications, sometimes your intestinal tract doesn't work quite right. And so sometimes people develop more food sensitivities. And so when we work with people, and Joanne would do this too, when we work with people, we really look at what could be causing more inflammation in the body. So maybe at one time you could drink a glass of milk and it was fine. Maybe you can't now. Or maybe you could eat a piece of bread and now you can't. So it's looking at those all those foods in detail to see how you can stop that inflammation response in your body. And that's what Joanne would do. Right. Okay. Okay. Then then you have a, the, your nutrition class. Is that what it would help this? One, yes. Oh, in the nutrition class or an individual consultation with Joanne would be perfect. Okay. Is she right. at your at, is she at your facility? Yes, she is. I'm in Maple Grove, and I'm also in Wyzetta. Oh. At two okay. locations. So okay. I'd love to help I you. I live in Minnetonka. I don't drive anymore, but. Um, I think a bus could take me there. Sure. sure. What uh, is your address in Wyzetta, by the way? Oh, oh you know, right heavens. off the top of my head. 1250. Pardon? 1250 East Wyzetta Boulevard. East Wyzetta Boulevard. I just looked that up yesterday. Okay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> She's you. on top of it. Yeah, I, we need help. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd great. love to help you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, You're thank welcome. you for the call. Great call. Thank you, Liz. So should we take another call? I in? think we should. All right. Good morning, Jana. You have a question? Good morning. Good morning, Miss Jana. Nope. Oh, I guess Jana's not there. All right. So we, I know we have another caller. Nope. We, that was All it. All right. Yes. Well, we can go back to what we were talking about before. Yes. And good mood foods? Yes. Okay. Well, here's an interesting concept when we continue to talk about these good mood foods. If you look around and you find a whole bunch of happy people... You might ask yourself, why are these people so happy? Are they just lucky? Maybe they're better looking. Maybe they have straight teeth. Or maybe their kids got all A's on their report cards. But we know that happiness is a biochemical response controlled in large part by the brain chemicals called serotonin. So do you mean to say, brother? That if my kid got an A on the report card, that's not going to be the one thing that makes me happy? (laughs) No, it might, you know, it might make you a little bit happy, but (laughs) the reason that you're happy is because of the fact that maybe you ate a little steak at supper before they told you they got all A's. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So how do we go about, you know, making these things that create better moods for us? Serotonin is actually a neurotransmitter and is found not only in our brain, but also in our organs, such as our heart, kidneys, liver, thyroid, spleen, in our muscles, and in all other organs. Serotonin is actually a chemical that helps cells to communicate. So if your serotonin level is low, or if serotonin can't get into the receiving cells, you know you have some trouble. You probably (laughs) have either depression anxiety, obsessive-compulsive behavior. And we know sugar does not make serotonin. No, it doesn't. In fact, sugar blocks the reception of serotonin, leading to more anxiety, to more depression, obsessive-compulsive behaviors, fatigue, lack of interest in other people, 
and sleep problems. Mm -hmm. So it's that little chemical, that little brain chemical called serotonin that affects how happy we are. It does, yeah. That's right. So then the question becomes, what makes serotonin? Do you think that the brain makes serotonin? I love asking people this question. Okay. okay. (laughs) I'll ask them, where do you think it's made? And they say, I think it's in the brain. And I say, nope. If you had guessed the brain, you had guessed wrong. Now, if you had guessed the liver, because Joanne mentioned that we have it in our liver, Mm -hmm. wrong again. Right. Actually, serotonin and all of your neurotransmitters are made in your intestinal tract when you have the beneficial bacteria, mainly bifidobacteria, and when you eat animal protein. Maybe you eat two eggs for breakfast and you take your bifidobacteria supplement before eating. Suddenly, you feel more energy, you have a sense of well-being, you feel happy, and you've just made serotonin. So this is kind of an interesting concept, I think, for a lot of people, that you actually make serotonin in your intestinal tract mm-hmm. rather than in your brain. I bet people are going, hmm, that's really interesting. That is really interesting. It I've actually is. had psychologists and a couple um, other therapists as clients, right. and they didn't even know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not one of the things that they're taught in school. Nope. So if you think everyone else is more normal, better looking, <laughs> more confident, thinner, happier, you might just need your guts to produce more serotonin. Yeah. Interesting. So last week's show, Kristen said, and and everybody loved the things that Kristen talked about last week on the show. Yeah, that was it was a great. great show. So she said, we need to stay ahead of our hunger by eating every three hours. You know, her approach was after you she finished as a snack, and I've used ex- this example so many times this week mm-hmm. in counseling. When she finishes a snack or meal, she plans ahead and says, in three hour- hours, I will be eating again. So she plans what she's going to be eating. Yeah. You know, the same planning needs to happen when you're staying ahead of your low moods. Eating protein, the building blocks of serotonin, is staying ahead of your low moods. Protein, especially animal protein, is a good mood food. You know, the secret to good moods is simple science. You eat protein that is broken down into amino acids, which in turn makes our neurotransmitters and makes our good moods. It's that easy. It is that easy. But you've got to stay ahead (laughs) of your low moods by eating every three hours. hours. Yes. Some protein. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. Yeah. Now you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you or a family member struggles with digestive problems, heartburn, constipation, diarrhea, IBS, it is a nutrition problem. What is the solution? A nutrition plan, not a medication. Nutrition solves the problem. Medications band-aid the problem. And we offer two solutions for you. Take the gut reaction class in Lakeville Wednesday night, June 19th, or schedule a one-on-one consult with a nutritionist. Call 651-699-3438 to discuss your options and let nutrition become your solution. Nutrition. You know, if you have any of the following health problems, let me recommend our summertime weight and wellness series. So, if you're really struggling with high cholesterol, it's a nutrition problem. You know, if you're having sleep problems, it's a nutrition problem. If you have joint pain, we kind of talked about that earlier in mm-hmm. the show, 
It's got a nutrition solution. Yes. Muscle aches, nutrition, you know, low energy. Nutrition? Nutrition. Yep. High glucose blood sugar numbers. Oh, you know that's nutrition. <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> of course. Uh, yes. And depression. Now, isn't that interesting? That's a nutrition problem. So the Weight and Wellness Series will give you a solutions to all mm-hmm. your problems. So sign up for our six weeks Weight and Wellness Series and they start the week of July 9th. And we have classes in Uptown, Maple Grove, North Oaks, Wyzetta, St. Paul, every place. Every I place. don't think I missed any place. But yeah. So you had a story you want to share. I have a story I want to share. So last weekend, my parents, thank you, Mom and Dad, for coming <laughs> up and helping Ryan and I, my husband, fix up our new backyard. We just bought a house. But... I ate lunch around noon, mm-hmm. and then supper didn't roll around until about 7 o'clock that night. Yes. And I didn't eat a snack. Oh, so what happened? Oh, my gosh. I was what I like to term hangry. <laughs> so hungry, I was a little angry. Yes. And yeah. I was standing at the crock pot just giving my family this dirty, dirty look. And finally, Ryan just said, just just go eat. Just just." Get yourself a bowl and eat, <laughs> which I did. And about half an hour later, I felt much better. better yes. More calm, <laughs> happier moods. Yeah. So eat your sh- snacks. <laughs> so should yeah. we take a caller? We should take a caller. Hello, Miss Jenny. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question for us? Good morning. Good morning, yeah, I was Jenny. Wondering, I have um, I've had two little boys. I'm in my early 30s, and I just started getting like not acne, but just breaking out, like in my T zone and then around my chin and stuff. And I was just curious if you had any tips on how my diet's affecting that. Well, are you eating sugar? Tons of it. Okay, there it's <laughs> that, <stands>. that's yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know your body. Uh, Probably just cannot tolerate. You may have eaten it in the past, but now it can't tolerate it because you've had two pregnancies. Things have changed, and you're actually kind of getting a toxic level of estrogen, and that's why you are breaking out. My guess is, just from what you've said. Okay. And so it's right. yeah, nutritionally, mm-hmm. we. I mean, we work with people like that all the time. Oh yeah. And it's a matter of sometimes two or three weeks, and there it's cleared up. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't had acne your whole life, it's a new issue for you. And it clears up pretty quickly then. Yeah, I've then. never had problems. Yeah. So just come on in and see one of us and get things straight. And besides, you need to get off the sugar and the all the stuff that you're eating to feel better. I think we had a show one time with Leah, and she talked about acne and mm-hmm. skin. Mm-hmm. And so if you look that up on the website, that was a really good show. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, thank you for okay. the call. Thank you. All right. <laughs> so, Another caller? Okay, sure. Good morning, Miss Shannon. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question? I do. Good morning. Good morning. I was recently discovered to be vitamin D deficient. In mm-hmm. fact, my level was 14. Okay, very uh, low. That's low. Yes. Yeah. And um, the... the um, doctor prescribed for me a, a prescription level supplement, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's the best way to go, or is there a better way? Well, sometimes you have to look at what type of vitamin E he prescribed. Vitamin mean, D. Uh, vitamin D. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did I say? E. E. Oh, vitamin D. Um, I was thinking D. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he may have 
prescribed a, a D2, which they often do, and some people act, actually cannot break that down and utilize it. Okay. So if he prescribed D3, then it should be probably okay. So that okay. would be the something you probably, you might have to go to the pharmacist and ask them, okay, what kind of vitamin D is this? And not, you know, and for some people the D2 works, but for a lot of people it doesn't. And then okay, after, because so. a lot of times they'll prescribe that 5,000 or 50,000 IUs mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks, but a lot of people need to continue with higher dose supplementation even oh, after that. A vitamin D3. A vitamin D3, yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay, you need to get your... is there anything I should just be aware of in combination with that? No, nope. there's no... Nope. Okay. I mean, you know, if you can get out and be in the sun now, whenever we have any, it's going to help that um, yeah. bring your vitamin D level up. But in reality, most of us don't do that. Well, day three, I'll look for it. Thank yep. you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. So we were talking about neurotransmitters, good moods, and how you make them. And we were saying stay ahead of your low moods by eating every three every hours. Three hours. Yep. Don't skip those snacks. Now, most of us want a fun and pleasurable life. But if you have been caught up in low moods, addictive eating and aches and pains, it's time to get rid of your carb and sugar addiction. But we know that you can't just wish it away. Well, and I think, Brenda, that's what a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Right. They just kind of go, oh, maybe it'll go away. Maybe it'll go. Nope, it doesn't. But we know you can't just wish it away or you can't just exercise it away. Well, that's another one that people think. Yes. If they exercise, exercise, exercise. Then they can eat whatever they want. Yep. Nope, you can't. It goes back to the simple science of eating in balance five to six times a day. Easy to say, harder to do, but not impossible. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible. That's right. Let's think of it this way. You'll be winning the war against your addiction. Again, it doesn't take a medication or a supplement, but it does take food eaten in balance five to six times a day, not just an ounce, not just once a day. I think that's the biggest part. Oh, yes. So truly, if you are struggling with depression and anxiety, it may take many days. And, you know, if you think about eating this way, you start start out with a day Mm -hmm. and then it goes into weeks. And then pretty soon you've been eating healthy for months. And then it's meal after meal every three hours, snack after snack. And and then what happens? The fog lifts. Yes. The depression eases. Anxiety calms. And once again, you're living fully. Yeah. But it doesn't happen overnight, does it? Not all the time, but I do have a client where it did. What, tell us. Okay, so Miss Sylvia came in and saw me, and she had terrible anxiety and some other health problems that we were working on, but her anxiety was one of the big issues. And I remember when she left the office after her consult, she couldn't find the right credit card to pay, and she almost had a panic attack. But thankfully, I've got uh, Miss Shirley working at the front desk, and we helped her look through her purse and (laughs) got her out the door. And about two or three weeks later, she came back in, and she goes, after I left your office, I began eating this way immediately. She goes, I don't remember what it's like to be anxious. Oh, amazing story. It was incredible. So, Rena, let me ask you some questions. Mm Mm-hmm. Had she been a pop drinker before she came in? I don't remember if she was a pop drinker or not, but I 
do remember there was a lot of processed carbohydrates. Okay. Yeah. Because we do know soda creates anxiety oh, for yeah. a lot of people. Right. Yes. But then just a lot of processed foods that she was eating. Mm-hmm. And not eating in balance. Mm-hmm. Not eating often enough. And I think that most people with anxiety truly believe that they have to have a medication to get rid of their anxiety. Right. And you said that happened in three weeks. Not even. It happened overnight almost. Oh. But yeah. Wow. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. That was. Good. Good story. It was powerful. Yeah. Now let's take a look at some other common brain problems. A study sponsored by the National Institute of Mental Health reported that 49% of the population will suffer from a mental illness or a brain illness during some point in their life. That's a high number, isn't it? That's almost 50%. Yes. Of all of us will suffer from some type of brain illness at some point in their life. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's kind of scary. That is scary. When we take a look at that. And we'll talk more about that when we come back from break. But you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Folklore has long held that fish is brain food, a belief increasing supported by the scientific evidence. A panel of experts from the American Psychiatric Association found evidence that omega-3 fish oil supports good mental health. If you think everyone else is more normal, better looking, thinner, happier, and more productive, you may benefit from taking 3,000 milligrams of omega-3 fish oil. Our brains are mostly fat, and half of that fat is omega-3 DHA. Yes, and so if people have questions, they can call us, right? They certainly can. 651-641-1071. Want to bring the great information you hear each week on Dishing Up Nutrition to your workplace? Well, you can. Nutritional Weight and Wellness teaches classes at companies all over the Twin Cities. Whether your office is large or small, they have a class that's right for you. Choose a popular lunch and learn class, such as Foods for Great Energy, Stress-Busting Foods, or the Food Mood Connection. Longer classes like Nutrition for Memory and Focus are perfect for wellness days. These fun and formative classes help you make good nutrition choices at work and at home. What happens when you and your coworkers eat healthier foods? Employees notice increased energy, focus, and stable moods. Employers notice less absenteeism, higher productivity, and improved management of chronic conditions. A healthy workplace leads to healthier, happier employees. Plus, it's easier to make good choices or lose weight with the support of co-workers. To bring nutrition classes to your office, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. We've talked a lot about foods for good moods. But it is also extremely important for good moods is having sufficient sunshine and vitamin D3. Our former caller said her vitamin D level was 14. Totally low. Very, Very low. low. It should be about 50. Most people need to supplement with about 4,000 to 5,000 IU of vitamin D daily in the fall and winter months and at least 2,000 to 3,000 in the summer months. And, and that's if you're outside. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yep. And the low vitamin D often low leads moods. to low moods. Yep. And we have a couple more callers here. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning. Is this Miss Arlette? Yes, it is. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. I have a question. I have a 15-year-old child with autism. He's high-functioning, but has very serious food issues. When mm-hmm. he was younger, he... 
um, had swallowing problems, and so he would choke on foods a lot, so that kind of started the whole thing. And now it's that he has this absolute passion for animals, so he won't eat any kind of meat, but he's not willing to really expand on other types of foods, and I'm not really... Real, I'm I'm a meat potato. I grew up farming, and so that's kind of like my knowledge of food. And I'm not sure like what else to get him. But he keeps thinking we're going to trick him into eating stuff. So he has he's you know very unhealthy, and I know that doesn't help his his mood stabilization and things like that. And I'm just wondering if there's something like in. Yeah. Uh, that you guys have knowledge of working with sure. kids like that. I mean, we do. I mean, you know, this is not uncommon for an autistic person to have kind of some food issues. And often it comes because they've been on antibiotics. But for your son, it's more of a swallowing issue. And, yes, we certainly could come up with ways to get more protein and probably even fruit and things into his diet with you know, without having to eat meat. So, yes, we could do that. Uh, And then just kind of gradually build on that and get more nutrients back into a system. I mean, we work with a lot of people with those issues. So, um, you know, I think just make an individual appointment because it's like a step-by-step process that you have to go through with somebody that has kind of... The food is really repulsive to him right now. And you've got right. to kind of accept that and then work with that on little fine steps. So... Is, is there a specific um, person or location that... Where, I mean, where do me? you live? In uh, the South Metro. Uh, okay. Um, you know, if is that like Lakeville or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, you know, either Katie or Kate in Lakeville. I mean, both of those people would be great. Uh, Joanne's at, at Wyzetta. She's had a lot of experience with that type of thing. So, right. you know, it's it's wherever. Um, okay. So, Do you yeah. guys take insurance and stuff, too? or You know, Depends. typically uh, insurance does not pay for nutritional counseling. Oh, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. But you, yours might be a special case, and it might. You can always try. Yes, you can try. Okay. That's right. But thanks okay. for the call this morning. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So we have another caller, Brenna? We do, yes. Good morning, Miss Mary. You have a question? Yes. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I listen to you guys all the time, and I've been trying to change my diet. Good. But um, I read a lot to back up all the things you guys say because, you know, that's how I am. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> and, I, and I look at these different sources, and a lot of them still say to avoid the saturated fats like butter or coconut oil. Sure. And you guys use them all the time. And right. I'm just wondering, you know, the cholesterol connection and the heart disease connection. Yeah, and, you know, the and cholesterol how do numbers. I battle that in my head because, you know, you hear that a lot. Sure, you hear that a lot. But when you look and work with clients that have been eating butter and, and, and coconut oil and their cholesterols normalize one case after another, after another, after another, and you say, hmm. I think we're on the right path because it does normalize cholesterols. Uh, You know, unless there's something else going on. I mean, you cannot eat butter and put it in a lot of sugar. I mean, you can't eat frostings for set because that's going to raise your cholesterol. Sure. But it's the sugar that raises the cholesterol. So, but I mean, I think a lot, you're, you're not alone. A lot of people are, they're still struggle with that until they do it. And then they see the difference with their numbers. 
And then they say, okay, I got it. Okay. So I then they're believers. I had my numbers checked, but I, I just, you know, it's such a contradiction from a oh. lot of the, the popular oh, sure. stuff oh, yeah. that you see. But, yeah, you know, sometimes they're just not up to date with their latest research. Yeah. Well, they're coming around. You see a lot of the same things. Yes, you do. That's the one thing I still keep seeing that, you know, eat low fat, you know, choose your yogurt yeah. and things, low you know, fat. You know, I think uh, if, if when we had Dr. Sinatra on the show, you know, he's okay. a cardiologist and he totally supports the whole theory of coconut oil and butter and saturated fat for good heart heart health. Okay, so. I'll have to look that one up. Yep, okay. <laughs> I need that reinforcement in my head. Yep, thank you for the call. <laughs> thank you. So I think that it's hard to know. We were talking about 49% of the population will suffer from kind of a brain illness at some time in their life. Mm-hmm. So a brain illness can strike the rich or the poor, the successful or those not so successful. So if you have a brain in- illness, you may have mood problems. You may have anxiety disorder. You may abuse alcohol or drugs or struggle with ADHD. You know, when we look at the simple science and you say to yourself, well, if I have anxiety and it's a brain problem, I must need nutrients for my brain. Hmm. Not a lot of people think this way. No, they don't. No. You know, I know words from a therapist. Now, this is pre- people talking to themselves kind of. You know, I know words from a therapist may help me think of my depression in a different way. But to lift the depression, I need to give my brain the nutrients it needs. You need to feed your brain. You know? Depression is really a nutrient deficiency problem. So wouldn't you agree that that sounds to be very simple? You know, that's a very simple solution, isn't it? It does, Sometimes it's hard to figure out which nutrient it is, though. But it's a nutrient problem. Remember at the beginning of our discussion today about good mood foods, I said sugar blocks up cell receptors, Mm -hmm. so serotonin and other neurotransmitters cannot function very well. If you want to be fully living, free of depression and anxiety, then it's time to quit eating sugar. Oh, oh boy, yes. <laughs> but it's not easy to do. It's not an easy task, or you would have done it months ago. Right. Mm-hmm. We can help. Our nutritionists are experts at helping you kick the sugar habit. And I, that's something that's hard for people to even believe sometimes. It is hard. It is. And I often, some, sometimes I even hear, why would I want to give up my sugar? Mm-hmm. Well, if you have depression and anxiety, you will you give know. it up. Yep. Yep. Now we want to give you three steps to success. Two, th- three steps to success. Number one is start eating good mood foods full of nutrients your brain needs. Our brains need protein rich foods such as fish, turkey, beef, eggs, cottage cheese, chicken, lamb, pork, all of those. Find one you like and eat it. Our brain also needs nutrient-rich vegetables, such as kale, spinach, Brussels sprouts, carrots, tomatoes, sweet potatoes, broccoli, beets, parsnips, and salad greens. Our brain needs the vitamins and antioxidants from these vegetables. And our brain especially needs healthy fats. Olive oil, olives, avocados, nuts, seeds, butter, coconut oil, heavy cream. You know, our brain needs several tablespoons of beneficial fats daily because, again, our brain is made up of 60% of your brain is made up of good fat. Mm-hmm. Not fat-free, you know, fat-free eating. Doesn't work. This is not brain power. Doesn't no. help your brain. No. It's not. So remember, if you want to be living fully, 
you have to include those fats. And step number two, very quickly, is to feed your brain. You should eat in balance five to six times a day. And most people actually need to eat more, not less. They need to feel full and satisfied. So I'm going to give you a really easy meal idea. So this weekend, while it's nice out, go out, grill some steak, and then you can even throw sliced sweet potatoes on that grill along with some asparagus and then top it all off with a little butter for a great tasting meal and your brain and your tummy will be feeling content and satisfied. Success step number three, your brain also needs magnesium to function well. Foods high in magnesium you can add to your meal plan are grass-fed beef, wild-caught salmon, almonds, pecans, romaine lettuce, and other leafy green vegetables. Many people have less anxiety and sleep better when they take a supplement of magnesium glycinate. Usually 300 to 400 milligrams at bedtime is needed for good brain support. So in addition, your brain needs B vitamins. It needs omega-3 fats, protein to make serotonin and dopamine, and water to stay hydrated, and exercise to support blood circulation so it carries the nutrients up to your brain. You know, maintaining good moods is actually a very complex process. If you struggle with low moods, you need a plan, and then you need to make an organized effort to follow that plan. And it's amazing. You can change your moods by changing your foods. That is amazing. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Brenna. Thank you, Dar. Thank you, Dar. Life, I love you. All is Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.